little bit about electric vehicles, uh, some of the common misconceptions about them, price ranges, all that kind of stuff. Um, so Charlie Garlow, Mr. Garlow, thank you for coming. Uh, president, I believe, of DEVA, uh, Delaware yep. Electric Vehicle Association. Great That's to have right. you. Thank you. So, excited to be able to talk about it. Dynamite. Well, um, I'm glad to have us do some introductions. The first, uh, I live in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware now, but I spent most of my career in uh, the Washington, D.C. area, where I was an attorney for the United States Environmental Protection Agency, where I was uh, an enforcement attorney suing polluters who violated the Clean Air Act. Let me tell you, it was great fun. There are polluters in stationary sources that like coal-fired power plants, petroleum refineries, copper smelters, you know, big, uh, burly, blue-collar type stuff. And there are also mobile sources <clears throat> of air pollution, cars, trucks, buses, planes, barges, ships, etc. And all of them have an obligation under the Clean Air Act to try to keep our air clean of pollutants that cause smog, uh, which can hurt your lungs, <clears throat> especially on hot days like today. Uh, the, uh, there are toxic air pollutants which can cause cancer. Uh, but today's discussion, I think, is mostly going to be around the carbon dioxide pollution, which comes off of cars, trucks, and buses, which has not really been regulated all that much, except for the last few years of the Obama administration, and then not so much during the Trump administration. But now we're hoping uh, to see even more and better things under the current Biden administration, who's been uh, making lots of uh, statements, speeches, uh, comments about electric vehicles, which I'm very pleased to hear about, uh, because uh, in my opinion, we have to do something about cars as a major source of global warming emissions. And I know you all are concerned about uh, global warming, climate change, and so that should probably be the focus of our attention. Amongst the various sources of carbon dioxide pollution, vehicles, cars, trucks, and buses are now emitting more carbon dioxide than coal-fired power plants, which used to be the largest source. But uh, as time has gone by the last decade or so, more and more coal-fired power plants have been shut down because of activists like you and other concerned citizens who have um, been pushing to try to get coal burning power plants out of the mix of electricity sources that we have. And we've been successful in reducing the emissions from coal-fired power plants. Uh, a lot of the coal-fired power plants in this country shut down and converted their boilers and power producing facility with natural gas. Natural gas pollutes less at carbon dioxide than coal does. And so that helped to reduce the uh, emissions of carbon dioxide from the electricity generating session, uh, sector of our society. But as at the same time, automobiles have been increasing, uh, big old SUVs and trucks and buses and others emitting lots of pollution, driving more miles each year so that the amount of pollution coming from vehicles has been going up while it's a competitor, if you will, in the carbon dioxide race, coal-fired power plants has been going down. So uh, we have to address the pollution coming from vehicles if we want to make sure we're reducing our carbon dioxide emissions and curbing, if not eliminating, global warming. So uh, <clears throat> uh, what's the story on uh, electric vehicles? Uh, Adam Sedkowski, I hope, will be joining us and he'll tell us about his Tesla, which is one of the hottest, sexiest, uh, most efficient uh, cars being produced now. Every, everybody here uh, has heard about Tesla, yes? Show of hands, okay. 
there are also several other cars on the uh, manufacturers are making. I own a couple of them myself. I own a Bolt, a Chevy Bolt, B-O-L-T, like a bolt of lightning that Thor would throw at you. <clears throat> it's all electric. Gives me a 256 mile range. It's a wonderful car. Got lots of pickup and as uh, slick, as clean as a whistle. No air pollution comes out of my car. No air pollution comes out of the energy gen used to generate the electricity to drive my car. I mean, you know, some people say, oh, Charlie, that electric car of yours, it gets its power from an electric generating plant where they burn coal and natural gas. Boo, bad. And I say, oh no, because I've got solar panels on the roof of my house, which provides all the electricity I need to power my electric car. So I'm basically running on sunshine and it's great. I also own a uh, BMW i3, which is a electric vehicle that has 150 mile electric battery range, but then it also has a gasoline backup motor just in case you get stranded someplace and you're not close to a, a power charger for your car, you can use the gasoline motor. Now, I've owned that vehicle for a couple of years. I've never used the gasoline motor. Why? Because 150 miles of range in an, the electric power side of my BMW is plenty to get me around to wherever I want to go and can be recharged quickly and easily with my solar panels. Or if I'm someplace else, I can charge up on my neighbor's house or some, you know, vacation home or something like that. So these are some of the kinds of cars that are available uh, for purchase. Uh, they are cleaner than gasoline cars. Uh, there are a number of reasons they are environmentally uh, safe and sound. Uh, they have done some surveys suggesting that most people who own electric cars, uh, whether it's a Chevy Bolt or a BMW i3 or a Tesla or a Nissan Leaf or one of the many other, I think there's about 30 different models of cars now that you can buy in this country that are electric, you will, you will find that they are all clean and they're all doing a great job of saving people money and preventing global warming. Before I go further though, let me stop and say, hey, have you all got questions, topics and things that you're interested in? Rather than me just giving a lecture or something like that, you can pop in with questions at any time and interrupt me. I'm happy to have a conversation here rather than a, a monologue or a one-way communication. Any questions so far or thoughts or comments or concerns? Uh, I wanted to ask a question, just kind of steer the conversation. So I wanted to know what as like a electric vehicle owner and kind of like that community, what's being done? What are the, what are the steps that are being taken to make them more affordable? Like the, I, I know Tesla's sound like, um, like, like, like this really, expensive, crazy supercar kind of thing. And the, the price range is normally higher. So what is, what is being done to kind of lower that and make them more accessible to common people? So the EVs are um, like more common, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a, a very good question, Jack. And the answer is that the manufacturers are in a race against each other to try to make their cars as appealing as possible so that they'll sell more of theirs and BMW will outsell Chevy or Chevy will outsell Tesla or whatever. Right now, Tesla is the overall winner in selling the most of them, even though their price is considerably higher. Uh, Tesla and Elon Musk, who is the, chief, uh, the owner, chief executive officer of Tesla, keeps talking about how he's going to come out with a car that is going to be less expensive than some of the others that he's been putting out. Um, 
Let me tell you, though, a lot of people who buy Teslas don't want to just be satisfied with the base model. They want the extras. They want the leather seats. They want the, the uh, special video uh, deal that will show a flaming uh, whatever <laughs> in the inside of your car. And they want all those extras, and they're willing to pay for it. A lot of people in this country pay a lot of money for cars, even if they're not electric cars. I mean, the most popular car in the United States, the one that sells the most total cars, is a pickup truck. The Ford F-150 pickup truck sells more than any other vehicle, the most popular, if you will. And it costs maybe thirty-five dollars to $40,000 if you've got some of the extra goodies that are packed into it. And that is the same, basically, with the Chevy Bolt and the BMW i3. They're all in about that thirty dollars to $40,000 range. Now, the federal government is helping out by offering a $7,500 federal tax credit. That means money that you do not have to pay as opposed to a deduction. Now, I don't know whether you guys are at all concerned about tax <laughs> issues and how much money you have to pay to Uncle Sam for your taxes. But let me tell you, a tax credit is worth money in your pocket, whereas a tax deduction is not. Uh, it's a little bit helpful, but not as helpful. So the federal tax credit is a wonderful help. It knocks $7,500 basically off the top price of your car when you buy. So that helps to bring down the costs. At the same time, uh, clever uh, engineers and scientists are working day by day, every day, to figure out new technologies, new chemistries for the batteries for electric cars. Because right now, the batteries are the biggest expense. And so people are trying to figure out now, how can I make batteries that are less expensive? They've got lithium ion batteries, like you probably have in your cell phone or your laptop. There are people who are making lithium ion uh, nickel metal, uh, excuse me, lithium ion other chemistries. Uh, it's like they're cooking up a stew and they're adding different ingredients uh, to see if they can get something better to happen. Well, there's a lot of research and development, a lot of clever people trying very hard to figure it out, the way to have batteries that are inexpensive, but still do a great job of performing to drive the vehicle two or 300 miles down the road without, a, without having to stop and charge. And uh, at the same time, they're cheap or less expensive and that they can be charged quickly. All those things are requirements or people feel that they're needed in order to have the kind of a car they wanna have. So prices are coming down, uh, not as fast as I would like them to come down, but still uh, it's, uh, they're doing a pretty good job, I think, of bringing the vehicle costs down into the range that most people who are car, new car buyers would find acceptable. Now, at the same time, there are used electric cars also on the market, which are much less expensive than buying brand new. Uh, I don't know that any of you have thought about buying cars or whatever. You're uh, still counting on mom or dad maybe to <laughs> take care of that sort of thing. But uh, when, uh, the, when I was younger, your age, the first car I bought was a used car and I got it cheap. It was a U.S. Army surplus Jeep, a cheap Jeep. <laughs> I got it for 350 bucks. It was great. It ran. And that's all I really required. I didn't require any luxuries or anything like that. But in the modern day, you don't get cars for 350 bucks that'll actually run. But uh, uh, these days, you can save thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars by buying either gasoline or an electric car 
that is a used car rather than brand spanky new. Most of the time people are looking at the brand new price of a car and saying, wow, that's too much for me or whatever. Well, people can think about buying secondhand and get a great bargain on a vehicle that can still run very well. And I would submit to you that electric cars are good at running for a long time as a used car without having the sorts of problems that gasoline cars do. Why is that? Gasoline cars burn gasoline. They have very hot temperatures inside of them. They have explosions basically going on inside of the internal combustion engine. That's what combustion means, it means burning. And as a result, the motor in an internal combustion engine can wear out and burn itself up, if you will, uh, within 100,000, 200,000 miles. Whereas electric motors don't have any explosions going on inside of them. They are basically, if you will, nonviolent, and they can keep right on keeping on for hundreds of thousands of miles without their motor having the kinds of problems that you see with gasoline cars, or for that matter, diesel trucks or buses. So uh, electric vehicles are better in a number of different ways. Uh, those are some of the ways, but trying to get that price down is something that manufacturers and the federal government too is also spending a lot of money for their scientists and their researchers on uh, solving the problem or improving on the batteries that we have now. There are a lot of battery manufacturers in this world who not only would like to make cheaper, more powerful batteries for cars, but also for your cell phones and laptops, because you know, <clears throat> if you've got a cell phone, it's a bit of an inconvenience. They have to keep plugging it in all the time. They'd like to have a battery that lasts a lot longer. Well, so there's a second market for those people who are making batteries or in the manufacturing of batteries business. They can uh, improve their batteries and sell them to people who make cars and people who make cell phones and people who make laptops or other sorts of devices that require battery power. So those are some of the ways that we're trying to reduce the costs of electric cars so they're more affordable as new and more affordable as used electric cars as well. Does that help with your answer to your question, Jack? It does, thank you, I appreciate it. <clears throat> cool, let's back up for a minute if we may, or unless other people have a question. Guadalupe, tiene una pregunta para mí? No, Hello. okay. Guys, nice to meet you and thank you for taking the time to come speak with us. I'm Guadalupe Castaneda and I'll be a freshman at Princeton University next or this fall. And yeah. I'm also curious about your background and your work with electric vehicles. Sure. Well, my background is that I came from, I was born and raised in West Virginia where they mine lots of coal. So I was interested in energy. And then when I became a lawyer, suing air polluters, I got interested in electric cars because they're a great way to solve the problem of air pollution. As a result, I've been uh, tinkering around sort of almost like an engineer since, wow, how long has it been? 30, 35 years before the manufacturers started making the Tesla or any other electric cars that you could buy from a dealer. Folks like me were joining in clubs with other people and we would make our own electric cars. So we would take old gasoline cars where the engine had blown itself up or burned itself up, yank out the gas motor, put in an electric motor and batteries and wires to connect everything. And so um, I've been doing that for quite a while, probably uh, 
over uh, 40 years almost now. Uh, in fact, I also, in addition to the two electric cars I mentioned that I own that have been manufactured by you know, real car manufacturing companies, Chevrolet and BMW, uh, I also own a 1974 Porsche, which is uh, bright red and gets lots of attention, but we converted it from gasoline to electric power. And just for extra fun, we put solar panels on the roof of the car as well. And we had an artist uh, who was the sign maker, you know, puts uh, some super graphics on the side of the car, flames coming out of the, the wheels and that sort of stuff, <laughs> showing off, that's all. But that, uh, <clears throat> that 1974 uh, Porsche is a very slick looking car and um, is, is not quite as well engineered, I must confess, as, as the uh, uh, cars that you can buy from regular manufacturers who have real engineers involved. People like me who are, I'm a lawyer, I'm not really a mechanic or an engineer, but you know, <laughs> get out the welder, ouch, burn yourself. And uh, pretty soon you've got something that'll run down the highway and uh, get a lot of people to stare at it. So that's sort of my background in electric vehicles, why I got interested in them and what I've been doing about it for, for decades now. And um, I've been helping to uh, lead electric vehicles or clubs when I was over in Washington, DC. And that was called the Electric Vehicle Association of Washington, DC, strangely enough. And then when I moved over here to Delaware to retire and uh, we built ourselves a super insulated solar home, but we also have a place to charge our electric vehicles. And so uh, I've basically had three electric vehicles uh, to our name. My wife likes to claim one of them as her own, but the other two are basically mine, I guess you'd say. Uh, so that's sort of the, where I'm coming from on electric cars. You know, they're good for clean air, they're good for stopping global warming, uh, and they're great fun to show and share and get somebody else behind the wheel of the car and give them a chance to see what it's like. And a lot of people say, wow, this is great. I want one of those too. <laughs> Does that help with the answer for you, Guadalupe? Yes, thank you. Sure thing. There are other environmental benefits of electric cars, which I think would be important to talk about too, which is water pollution. A lot of times people uh, here in Delaware, we're facing the ocean. A lot of people here are concerned about water. And um, not only does the carbon dioxide, which gets into the air when you burn carbon fuels, not so much when you've got an electric car powered by solar energy like me, but my electric car does not give off any of the air pollution which then floats out over the ocean and gets in the ocean. The carbon dioxide, which uh, connects to contacts the ocean's waters, and for that matter, streams and lakes and others, settles into the water and becomes carbonic acid. Uh, the same is true of a lot of the, here's a quick lesson on chemistry, uh, atmospheric chemistry, if you will. When we burn coal, it makes acid rain. Has anybody heard about acid rain? Yeah, well, it's been a problem in this country for a long time because when you burn coal, there's some impurities in the coal. And those impurities are, one of them is sulfur. And if you burn the sulfur, it becomes sulfur dioxide. That's basically what burning means, means combining it with oxygen. And if you let that sulfur dioxide float up into the air, which is what happens at coal-fired power plants, the SO2, sulfur dioxide, contacts water in the rain or in streams or in lakes and becomes sulfuric acid, H2SO4. Anybody 
into chemistry, high school chemistry yet? Well, in any event, the same things happens with carbon dioxide. Just like sulfur dioxide can become sulfuric acid, carbon dioxide can become carbonic acid, which is a similar sort of an acid. And when you get too much of that in the waters of our oceans, guess what happens to our oceans? They become more acidic. And that is one of the things that helps to dissolve or eat away at or harm or even kill the coral reefs. Y'all have seen pictures, I hope, I guess, of coral reefs. Beautiful little colorful fishes swimming around in them. Scuba divers having a great time checking out all the beautiful undersea life. Well, they are threatened by carbonic acid and the other means of uh, carbon dioxide getting into the atmosphere and getting into our oceans and our streams and acidifying our water sources. There's another problem with water uh, from regular gasoline cars, and that is oil. You may have heard of some oil spills that have happened when they drill for oil off the coast of uh, the Gulf of Mexico or off of Alaska, where they have an oil tanker that runs aground up in Alaska called the Exxon Valdez. Does that ring a bell for anybody? Maybe not. Happened a couple of years ago. In the Gulf of Mexico, they had a terrible oil spill uh, caused by an oil well owned by BP, British Petroleum. And it spewed oil out all over the fish and over the birds, the pelicans, the seabirds, the, the seals, everything got coated in yucky, black, goopy oil. All that oil is harmful to marine sea life, ocean life. Well, guess what's contained in a gasoline car or a diesel car? Oil. They have oil pans, which is a, like a reservoir for the oil, which provides lubricants so that the parts can move around without rubbing and scraping and grinding on each other. But that same lubricating oil often escapes from those oil pans where they're supposed to be contained and it drips out the bottom of your gasoline or diesel car. If you've ever uh, been walking the dog after a rain or something like that, you may see little rainbows in the parking lot. Well, what is that? That's a sheen of oil which is floating, if you will, on the water from the rain, and it acts like a rainbow. Uh, it's a sign of oil spills right there in your parking lot of the Royal Farms or the parking lot of the Walmart or wherever, uh, because oil escapes almost all the time from the gasoline and uh, diesel vehicles, and people frequently have to go get another can of oil to put in their car to keep their oil topped up, if you will, but that's because they've lost some of that oil spilled out the bottom of their car. So uh, big rain comes along, a lot of that oil gets washed off into the storm sewers and whoosh out to the, out to the oceans uh, quick before you know it. And that oil can uh, harm our sea turtles and our sea creatures and others uh, because of the damage that oil does to their lungs and stomachs and intestines and all that kind of stuff. So uh, electric cars are better than that because we don't have any oil in our electric cars. So we don't spill any electric, uh, we don't spill any oil anywhere to hurt our sea creatures. So those are some of the other problems that gasoline cars have that electric cars do not have. How about if we talk about international stuff? You all follow the uh, way that the countries of the world are behaving or misbehaving, I guess you could say. China is uh, trying to squash the student freedom uh, protesters in Hong Kong. Been uh, 
following any of that uh, news in the newspapers or talking about it with your parents or your fellow students? A little bit. Or, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, Russia, same way. Russia's been poisoning and killing some of their own uh, people who are protesting, uh, demanding freedom and fair elections and that sort of stuff. Well, those countries <clears throat> are in a position where they are uh, competing with us or even trying to harm America. And they're trying to do so with money, economics, uh, cyber attacks, all sorts of ways they can think of to try to hurt America. And uh, part of the way that uh, we can think about uh, international problems is that when we buy a gallon or 20 gallons of gasoline to put in your car, that money provides an incentive for all sorts of people who drill for oil and make the oil into gasoline and other products. And those, pro those people all around the world are basically facing the same sort of uh, markets or prices uh, wherever you are. In other words, if you are an oil driller in Texas and you are drilling for oil, you are basically competing with oil drillers in Russia and in Nigeria and in Venezuela and in Norway. All around the world, oil drillers are trying to make money by drilling for oil and selling it on the open market. And the open market basically says, well, how much are you selling your oil? This week, they're selling it for $73 a barrel, which is more than they were selling it for a couple of weeks ago. They were only selling it for $60 a barrel. Well, the more that there is a demand for oil in this country or any place else around the globe, the more that it jacks up the price for the oil. So now Russia, who's got a lot of oil, is now going to be able to sell some of their oil on the open market to people and get paid more money for it, which causes Russia to have more strength, and more feeling like they're in control and they're doing great. And so they can go ahead and torture their people in Russia and uh, throw them in jails and poison them and do all sorts of things and get away with it because, hey, they're big and strong. So the more that we buy oil, the more that we are providing strength and power to bad guys like you know Iran and many people in other countries around the world who are, are not a, a democracy like we are that, that honors freedom and uh, fair elections. So uh, I think of our uh, purchase of electric cars as a way of fighting back against those uh, big oil bullies, if you will, around the world who are making lots of money from selling oil and gasoline. So basically electric cars could help to starve out. No, 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 no barking. Nope, that's my dog over there, sorry. <laughs> so basically they're oil bullies all around the world and we can help reduce their strength and encourage democracy by driving electric cars and eliminating use of oil and um, cutting off their supply of money and power. Hadn't thought about that one before, eh? Anybody here interested in international politics? Todd? <clears throat> well, let's uh, think about some other things that are happening in the world of electric cars. Um, the uh, folks who've been making electric cars for a while have been making mostly passenger cars. They're now starting to make electric pickup trucks. And a lot of people who are 
small business people, uh, you know, painters or electricians or construction workers. No. Sorry, it's, uh, my little dogs get easily upset. Dachshunds, wiener dogs. In any event, um, that's, <laughs> I got the little dogs under control. So um, we were talking about pickup trucks and how a lot of small business people uh, are looking forward to using their pickup trucks as part of their business or delivery uh, vans, flower uh, arrangement, people deliver things. There's lots of needs for vehicles that can be used in the commercial sector. And uh, I'm pleased to see that there are several companies that are going to be making electric pickup trucks. The Ford F-150 electric pickup truck is going to be called the E-Lightning. And uh, Tesla's got their pickup truck they've designed and hinted about and teased people by saying this is probably what it's going to look like. Maybe, not for sure. And uh, Chevrolet has got an electric Silverado that they're using as uh, their entry in the electric pickup business. So all those things are, for people like me who are interested in electric cars, exciting. So let's go back maybe to a discussion of why electric cars are so efficient. Electricity, you may know from your physics classes, uh, is very fast stuff. It can travel almost at the speed of light, which is the fastest stuff in the universe. Uh, photons of light come from the sun zooming across the dead vacuum of outer space before they run into our planet and warm us up uh, at 186,000 miles per second. Not miles per hour, not miles per minute, but miles per second. That is the fastest stuff there is. Unless, of course, some bright scientist students like yourselves might figure out how to get an electron accelerator to maybe even go faster than the fastest stuff we know about. <laughs> right now, the fastest stuff in the universe is, is solar power and electricity, its close cousin, is extremely fast. Uh, it's all part of the um, uh, electromagnetic uh, spectrum. And uh, so therefore, one might think you can really uh, fast and furious get your electric car zooming around. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it can't really travel at the speed of light uh, because there's mass that has to be accelerated, unlike photons. But still, electric vehicles can provide very fast acceleration. The uh, Tesla cars have been in races, uh, drag races with um, Maseratis, Lamborghinis, other very hot sports cars, and they have beat them uh, because electricity is uh, extremely fast. You get uh, tor peak torque right away, the twisting or the power right from the very start. You don't have to uh, kind of wind up into it like you might with a gasoline car. So, uh, Electric cars are nifty that way in that they can use electronics. And it seems like the more and more you turn around, uh, there's more things being uh, invented to utilizing electronics. Uh, digital this and digital that. Uh, you guys probably are way ahead of me in the, <laughs> a lot of the new uh, electronic uh, wizardry that's going on in the world of uh, electronics. But a lot of it's happening to feed into um, exciting developments in electric cars. Now, it occurs to me that uh, some people like yourselves may not be all that interested in getting your driver's license and 
driving a car at all, whether it's gasoline or electric. Is that um, something that you all have been talking about or with your brothers or sisters or anybody? Uh, I mean, I, I have my permit right now. I'm not sure about uh, Serrata and Guadalupe, but <clears throat> that's where I am right now. Okay. Because when I was your age, I couldn't wait to get my driver's license to be able to drive the car and ask dad if I could borrow the family car to go out on a date or whatever. But uh, my daughters, who are a little older than you, but not too much, haven't really gotten all that excited about owning a car until maybe they move to the suburbs and they have to drive to get to someplace or other. Then a car seems much more convenient. But uh, they have been content, and I think a lot of Younger people like yourselves have been content to either uh, get an Uber or Lyft to help them get around to someplace or other, or they like to ride their bicycles, which is terrific too. I'm glad to see people ride bicycles. That's a zero pollution way of getting from one point to another. All those things are good. But recently here in Delaware and some other places too, they've been uh, utilizing electric buses. Of course, buses are great for mass transit because they can move more people in one vehicle than you could if you had, you know, 10 or 20 uh, cars out on the road. So it makes for less of a traffic jam. And I don't know about you farther up north, but down here at the beaches and where I live in Rehoboth Beach, summertime, the traffic is thick as frozen molasses. <laughs> it is funky to try to get through, oh my God, the traffic, you're killing me. Uh, but buses can uh, pack a lot of people into them and can drive them around. Part bad part about buses is they run on diesel and diesel sometimes gives off some nasty fumes. And so a lot of people are holding their nose and say, oh, I don't wanna drive ride in a bus because they're stinky. Well, now they have electric buses and we're getting more of them all the time in Delaware and in other states. So I'm excited to see electric buses as clean, cool ways of getting around town. Speaking of cool, you know, uh, when I stand behind a bus trying to wait to get across the street that I'm walking, there's a lot of heat comes off the back end of a bus. In fact, there's a lot of heat comes off the back end of a gasoline pickup truck or a gasoline car too, because all that exploding and burning of the gasoline makes heat. And on a hot day like today, let me tell you, if we could eliminate that heat coming off of vehicles, that would make it much more pleasant and less likely that people are suffering, you know, from heat strokes or uh, other health ailments, or, you know, if, if they can't get down to the ocean and jump into the water and cool off anyway. So that's a, uh, a means of eliminating problems there uh, with heat. Jack, I see your hand there again. Got a question? You mind if I, yeah, I mind if I jump in with a question real quick? Sure. So for, for me, I'm a, I commute a lot. I think I have like a 56 mile commute to school and then to get back. So it's like 100, I, I, 112 miles a day-ish. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to someone, especially like me, that would say electric vehicles aren't very practical for me if I'm trying to commute somewhere, if I have to sit in traffic, I don't want to worry about a battery dying out on me. Like, are, are there models of these that are able to do that? Or is that, is that something that's being developed? Like, do you, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you that if you're driving 106 miles a day, that's no problem for my electric Chevy Bolt. And it's no problem for my BMW i3 because the Chevy Bolt has a 
256 or 267 mile range, depending upon, you know, if it's a nice warm day, it usually gives you better mileage. In the winter, not quite so good, uh, not quite as good, but uh, still 105 or 107 or 109 miles round trip, no problem. Those cars have the electric range right now to get you there and get you home again. And if you're sitting there in traffic, God forbid the traffic is thick and you have to sit there, you're not really using the kind of energy that gasoline cars use. Gasoline cars frequently will just sit there idling. Idling means the motor is spinning around and using up energy and spitting pollution out the back end, even if you're just stuck, dead stuck in the traffic and going nowhere fast. Electric cars, electric cars don't idle. They don't spin around while you're doing nothing. Now, electric cars may use some energy while you're stuck there doing nothing to run the air conditioner, or if it's in the winter, to run the heater. So that's something that gasoline cars and electric cars uh, have to take care of, make sure that they've got sufficient uh, fuel or energy to run their air conditioners and or their, their heaters. Uh, but as far as just driving the distance, electric cars got it made, no problem. Now, if you happen to drive 150 miles one way and 150 miles home, which not very many people do that. That's a that's a heck of a long daily commute. You know, three hours each way. Geez, that would use up six hours of your day every day. Not very many people do do that. And I think the statistics are that uh, your average American commuter in his or her car goes about 40 miles uh, during the course of the day, which means 20 miles there and 20 miles back. So your commute, Jack, is a little farther than your average American, but still quite doable with an electric car. And if you were traveling 150 miles one way and 150 miles back, you might say to yourself, gee, how can I make sure I've got enough electricity power to get me there and back? Well, when you go to your school, you could plug in your car while you're going into the school and learning all sorts of good stuff. And you could plug it into a regular old wall socket where you might plug in your cell phone battery to charge up, or you might plug it into the same sort of a wall socket where you, you know, you hair dryer blowing your hair or something. Well, every school has lots of those regular old, what they call 110 volt socket outlets, a regular old uh, lamp socket type socket, electricity. They also have uh, stronger electricity, which is called level two charging. And maybe your school might get one or two or something like that to accommodate those who have electric cars, either the uh, teachers or professors, the staff, uh, or the students, if the students have an electric car. Uh, a level two charger is basically uh, the same sort of, uh, it's twice the power of a regular wall socket. It's the same thing you use if you have an electric dryer in your laundry for your clothes drying or for your electric uh, whole house air conditioner, which is, you know, draws more power in order to provide all that electrical uh, air conditioning power. And so you can uh, find a plug that is, or get an electrician to, to make a plug for you, which was basically taking two of the regular 110 voltages and winding them together like two little fingers wrapped around each other. First thing you know, you've got more power flowing and you can charge up even faster. Uh, but there are more and more places around in America where you can charge up. But the, uh, the one that's the least expensive is the one that's already built, which is the one that's uh, right there sitting in the, the wall socket on the outside of your school or shopping mall or wherever you're going, stick it in there, leave it in there while I was leave it plugging in and charging up 
at the slower rate, but if you're there all day long, first thing you know, you've got 40 extra miles of electricity just from having been in school. And frequently the school is willing to say, sure, help yourself. It doesn't really cost that much for electricity. Electricity to drive a car costs about one third of the cost of what gasoline would be needed to transport you the same distance. So electricity is cheap, electricity is clean, electricity is convenient. There are plugs everywhere, all around America, more than we have gas stations right now. But a lot of people wanna get charged up faster. So that's why they have the level two or twice the regular wall socket uh, power type chargers. I have one of those in my driveway. They even have a thing called a level three, which is two of those clothes dryer type uh, power plugs wired together. And that can really kick out the jams and charge you up a lot faster uh, if you're driving long distance, uh, driving to New York or driving to California. You can pull into some of those places that are level three chargers and within short order, you can fill your electric batteries back up again. Elon Musk, the guy who owns Tesla, he did this once just to show that it's possible to do it. He got all four of his kids, piled them into the Tesla. <laughs> Can you imagine driving all the way across the country with four little kids going screaming, hey, no, dad, don't make him, don't let him do that to me. <laughs> but he did, <laughs> he did, he drove all the way across the country up to California and he stopped along the way several places at the Tesla charging stations that his company helped to build. And they had these superchargers, if you will, the level three chargers could charge up relatively quickly. You know, while you're sitting there waiting a half an hour maybe to get it charged all the way up, go into the store and get an ice cream cone, uh, use the facilities, uh, maybe even have a little sandwich or dinner or something like that. Bingo, you're back in the car and on to the next. So uh, the charging units uh, are the, some people consider it to be a, uh, a weak spot in the electric vehicle movement, if you will. But in my opinion, I think there's uh, a lot of chargers already that can get you across the country. There are uh, more and more of them being built all the time. Uh, so things are getting better and better in terms of getting electric vehicles that are convenient and stopping global warming and saving you money and uh, helping us to beat up on the bad guys, if you will, of the oil oligarchs all around the world. So uh, those are some of the things that uh, I, I just love about electric cars. I could probably go on and on about electric cars for a long time, but I wanna stop again and ask if anybody has other questions or other thoughts or comments. I had a question. Sure. So, um, so like lots of people kind of fix their own cars and like work on their own cars. So is it harder to do that with electric cars to get parts and like fix them if something's going wrong? Well, that's funny you should say that because you know, I've been uh, interested in cars almost all my life uh, since I was 16 or whatever. And we used to do a lot of mechanic work on our own cars, try to soup up the engine or whatever, you know, pimp our ride. We would uh, be able to uh, change the spark plugs and change the oil and uh, even overhaul the entire engine. I've overhauled the engine of a Volkswagen bug, a little beetle, a beep beep beetle, twice in various cars that I've owned and put them back together again. And they ran, amazingly. I thought for sure I was going to you know, blow it and forget something. But uh, those cars back in those days were much simpler than gasoline cars are today. Today, 
I, there are very few people I know, even those who are mechanics, who would say they know how to repair or uh, fix up a gasoline car because they're so much more complicated. A lot of the complication comes from air pollution control devices that my agency, the Environmental Protection Agency, required the manufacturers to include to cut down on the smog and the toxic chemical pollution that was being emitted before these mandated air pollution control devices were added in there. Now that makes it all complicated. Uh, in fact, I had a, a young man who was a friend who had a job at a dealership where they sell cars and he had to go back for training uh, you know, probably every three months just to learn more about the cars, figure out how to fix them. Uh, and without that training, he wouldn't have been able to fix all those cars, let alone some guy who's, you know, just pumping gas at a gas station or somebody who has a car and they want to work on it uh, at their house. Uh, they don't have that kind of training that my friend got, and they're going to be in a pickle trying to fix their own cars uh, with all the complications we have now in gasoline cars. Electric cars, uh, by contrast, are much simpler than gasoline cars. There's like 237 moving parts, I think, in a gasoline car. Electric cars don't have that many moving parts. They do have an electric motor that spins around. That's one. They do have uh, power steering and automatic brakes and those sorts of, uh, if you will, luxuries or nice features that all modern cars seem to have. Uh, but you know those are fixable, not necessarily by somebody like me who would like to fix my own stuff if I can, but uh, a, a lot of the complications uh, that you have in a gasoline car, you don't find in an electric car. They're relatively simple. I mean, look at my uh, electric Porsche that uh, my friend and I uh, helped to assemble. And uh, although it did take us a lot of time and we were probably made some mistakes because we're not engineers and had to pull it out and try again, that sort of thing. It's a relatively simple uh, mechanism for uh, motoring down the road than it would be with the current gasoline cars. So that's my story on which is easier to fix, gasoline cars or electric cars. The answer is electric cars are easier to fix. Okay, thank you. Sure. Other thoughts or questions? Uh, I'll throw one in here. Uh, so one of the things I've heard as a negative in relation to electric vehicles is that like whenever you get any sort of damage to it, even if it's like a small dent, just because of the, I, I think this is more pertaining to Tesla's specifically, but like if, if you're getting like a dent on it, it's just totaled just because the parts are so few and far between. You, you can't get a replacement for as cheap. So what would be your retort to that? Because I, I really wouldn't know, know where to start to see how to respond to that. Car is totaled just because they got a dent in it or fender bender or something like that. Uh, I'll say this though. I have a friend who is a mechanic uh, who uh, works for Tesla and he does little repairs for them. If the... Uh, bumper got bumped, he can pull that bumper off and replace it with a different bumper, but another bumper that's a Tesla bumper. And so it looks just as good as it was new. Um, sometimes the door doesn't line up quite right so that when you slam the door, it doesn't give that nice thud sound that gives you reassurance that the door is really shut, you know. Uh, sometimes there's a misalignment of uh, 
of uh, the windshield wipers or something earlier else along that line. All those things he can fix, and that's his job is to to take care of all the little problems that come in. Now, if your car gets into an accident where you slam into a tree or something or another car uh, and do major damage to probably both cars, uh, yours or, or the tree, you can probably hurt the tree. Uh, those cars can be totaled. And a lot of times people will say, gee, can't we uh, scrounge in there and pull out the batteries and reuse those batteries? Because that's the most valuable part, not necessarily the headlights or the shock absorbers or the wheels and tires and those sorts of things. Uh, but you know, if you if you've totaled the car, that is, there's nothing that you can do to get. Well, there's there's always some way to repair something, but you would be costing you a lot more than what the car is worth to have to replace everything that's completely bent out of shape. Uh, but yes, there are problems with uh, any car that gets wrecked, uh, and but most of the problems that to the body of a car can be fixed if it's a gasoline car or if it's an electric car. Um, and the usual way they repair those things is to just pull off the dented part and get a new part and put it on. That's the fastest way to get it done. As opposed to back when I was a kid, if you had a dent in your fender, well, you just took out your hammer and banged out the dent to make it look okay, maybe not 100%, but uh, <laughs> people nowadays like to have their cars look very nice. They don't wanna have a, a sort of a semi-dent left in their fender or whatever. A lot of uh, cars these days, both gas and electric, are made uh, with uh, plastic parts that can take a licking like a football helmet, bong and bounce right back out and not be, uh, not show any damage. Uh, unlike in the past when uh, bumpers were made out of steel and if you bonged into something the steel dented and it stayed, dent it stayed dented, it didn't pop back out. Like, uh, like you can do with a lot of especially plastic products that they have. Does that help? It, it does, yeah. I kind of wanted to finish with this, maybe finish with this question to see if we could kind of go back to the charging uh, topic. So I wanted to hear what was being done state level, federal level to make charging with, the, with, with either like a level three or a level two, like you were talking about more accessible. Uh, I know that was something that was talked about from like the Biden administration going in and it's been talked about through some of the state legislators like Hanson and them have mentioned stuff like that. So I wanted to know what the, what the scoop on that was. Yeah, well, there's lots of uh, moving parts, if you will, or lots, lots of ideas being bandied about. Lots of political leaders are trying to, um, you know, improve the situation. Senator Stephanie Hanson that you heard from before, who's a wonderful uh, person environmental scientist and environmental lawyer, and now head of the Senate Environment Committee here in Dover. We're very lucky to have her uh, leadership on a lot of these topics. Uh, she's eager to try to find uh, monies from the state legislature in the state's uh, budget, their funds to uh, buy or, or pay for more chargers in areas where they think it would be the most good. Likewise, uh, President Biden has been trying to figure out how to get his uh, bill passed, which would be the American Jobs Act, the, what they call the Infrastructure Act, in which they would be um, providing a lot of money for these chargers so that you could pull off to the side of the road, just like in a gas station, plug in, charge up, and uh, be on your way on down the road within short order. Uh, there is a, a pot of money, uh, which <clears throat> came about because of the Federal Environmental Protection Agency, where I used to work before I retired, we sued Volkswagen for cheating 
on their emissions tests. And they were very embarrassed by that. They, got, they were embarrassed to be caught. They weren't embarrassed, I guess, in the first place for cheating. Uh, but you know, you really never expected uh, people in Germany who are, I don't know, know anybody from Germany, you know, they're kind of proper and very law abiding and that sort of thing. Well, these guys cheated big time because they wanted to make some money cutting corners and they got caught by us and they uh, agreed to settle their violations by putting a lot of money into a big pot, which they have now divided up amongst the American states to uh, be used for all sorts of projects like electric buses or more charging stations or other good ideas that state governments might have to present. So there is a lot of money out there floating around to help uh, make more electric chargers. At the same time, there are private parties who are interested in building electric chargers too, and then just have a little way of you know, sticking your credit card in the machine to let the electricity flow, and they could make money that way. Just like people make money by having a gasoline station and selling gasoline. Well, this would be a way for somebody to invest in a charger mechanism and then sell the electricity and make money for them. So there's that possibility as well. Some more and more people are doing that. Uh, they want to be seen as helping uh, the environment and they got a lot of money. They're rich millionaires or something. Uh, they're looking around for something good to do with their money. They can build some chargers and uh, charge some people some money, make money for themselves and make the earth a better place. So those are the basic uh, places you can find more monies for making the charging systems work for Americans. All right, thank you. Other questions? Uh, Simran? Yeah, Simran oh. Sorry, I have questions. Good, let me ask you this question. Have you seen electric cars? Have you driven an electric car? Have you uh, know somebody who owns an electric car? I've driven in a, um, in a hybrid, but I don't think I've ever been in a full electric car. Aha. Well, we in the Electric Car Club are trying to show off our cars so that people like you get a chance to ride in a full electric car and see what it's like. It's very similar to riding in a regular car, except it's very quiet. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of noise. So if you're at a farmer's market or some other place, then uh, you might want to consider going over to the people who are showing off their electric cars and saying, hey, can I get a ride in that electric car? I'd like to see what they're like. And they probably, like me, be more than willing to say, well, yes, we want to have people like you. You're, you're the future. You're uh, students. You're going to be running this country someday. We need you to, to be on the cutting edge of electric cars and, and learning about these things and uh, getting excited about it, getting enthusiastic about it spreading the word, urging your parents uh, to buy electric cars. In fact, that's going to be my homework assignment for you. How's that? Everybody talk to your uh, parents or guardians or whoever you got who uh, has a car and say, look, let's trade in that electric, that gasoline car that we have and buy an electric car. What do you think? Sounds good. Well, uh, other questions or thoughts? Here's Guadalupe saying she has to go. Thank you very much. Uh,
Thank you. It was a pleasure to meet you. Likewise, que le va bien. Gracias. All right, okay. This is my chance to practice my Spanish. <laughs> All right, well, I, I think we're good then. I've, I think I can cut the recording here.